Ah, there's a quote that stands by me from my brother that anything can change your life as long as you put in the time and effort into something that you truly love. And yeah, that, that's what I always think of. Bravo. Welcome to Real Life Stories with Real Life Leaders. I'm Divya Sharma. And I'm Nolan Bicknell. Welcome to the show and thank you for listening and thank you for watching. Real Life Stories with Real Life Leaders is highlighting stories from some incredible storytellers connected through the Can You program. Uh, they're all emerging leaders in as many different sectors in our cities. Speaking of different sectors in our city, both Winnipeg Foundation and County Canada have been, you know, facilitating leadership and philanthropy in our city of Winnipeg. Today, we have one of these emerging leaders with us who um, has often been in the spot of an, an interviewer, but today we're interviewing him. Uh, welcome to the show, Taryn. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me here. It's great to have you. And uh, yeah, like Divya said, normally you're on the other side of the uh, yeah. microphone doing the interviews, but today you're in the hot seat. Uh, so the first question we're asking everyone on the show is, what is your story? So how do you answer that? Take us back as far as you can, just to give us the context of your life, how you came to be and and why you are who you are. Yeah, I think <laughs> this goes back to when I was young. Um, obviously, I like to do a lot of this engineering stuff, like building, like like, believe it or not, I made vending machine out of cardboard. Like, they would actually work. Like, you put, like, a dollar, it would accept it, it would be locked and stuff. And Amazing. I was like, okay, maybe engineering is what I want to go into. And then when I came to high school, I'm like, okay, I like electronic stuff. And I'm like, okay, maybe this is still going to the engineering route. And then I'm like, I go to a new school, and they wanted, like, a tech guy. And I'm like, okay, maybe I want to do something with the tech. But then I'm like... I don't know if I'll get a lot of money out of this or be a career out of it. But then I realized, like, it could just be a hobby on the side. And that's when a lot of my relatives are, like, cops and law and stuff. And that influenced me to go into criminal justice, which I would be going there for uh, university. And then, yeah, something with this technology production kind of thing I want to do. And something that I saw in my brother's closet was a bunch of camera stuff. Mm. And when he wasn't home at once, I ended up opening it, took his cameras out, gimbal out, tripod out, started playing around with it. And I didn't know how to use this. And uh, I started looking on some YouTube. And I was, I was a kid, too, so I had an iPad that barely worked. <laughs> and I uh, started playing around with it. And then the moment my brother came home, he was like, what are you doing? Why are you touching my stuff? And Older I'm like, brother, I'm guessing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he was like, what are you doing? And I'm like, uh, I'm just using it I'm just playing around he's like well don't break it and he's like go try it out and see how you like it um just, I was like okay I can't ruin this because these are like <laughs> like thousand dollars cameras and I'm like okay whatever I'm just gonna play around with it be gentle with it and then I showed him some of my work he was like you should do this and I'm like really and he's like well people really want me and he's like yeah there's demands for this and then COVID came around and he was like, you can do editing stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, that's perfect. So when COVID around, I did a lot of remote editing. And then when COVID pretty much ended, I guess, uh, there was a lot of like bookings for photographers and videographers because people quitted that thing because mm -hmm. people thought COVID ended everything. Mm -hmm. And that's what I thought. But then I was like, can maybe I could just go back into it. And yeah, that's what I did. Like I got lots of bookings and then a Canyon came around where uh, they hired me as a videographer and photographer and editor. And I'm like, okay, th now this is like, people are seeing my, like, what I can do and stuff. And then just from that, there's so many other opportunities opened up. Sea Bears hired me as more of a media and behind the scene kind of guy. 
and then a bunch of projects came up. So a lot of the stuff happened this summer, and I'm like, okay, I can like keep doing this. This can be a thing. And yeah, yeah, and very cool. You have to be obviously very curious to keep up with all the technology. And every year there's a new camera. Every year there's new software, and it's just it can be a little bit overwhelming as someone who works in this space as well. How do you stay? up to date on all the things that you have to stay up to date on to continue to like, to continue to operate on on a high level in this world. Obviously like buying equipment and stuff is like really expensive. Mm -hmm. So you probably don't want to upgrade every like year and stuff unless it's like necessary. So I like to just invest in one good piece. And if it's like something like AI comes into (laughs) the thing, then definitely I'm going to upgrade right now. But right now, there's no point of upgrading every single time because, first of all, you're just burning a lot of money. Unless if you're making, like, $1,000 every time, then go ahead and keep upgrading. But I like what I like to say is, like, don't go full on into something right away. Start off small and see how that goes because what if it fails? Like, well, yeah. you don't want to fail, but you never know. You could fail in something or it just doesn't turn out well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, obviously, start off small, and then if you're like, okay, this is what you want to do, then spend more yeah and yeah yeah don't go back very cool mm-hmm. i did have a question for you karen so in terms of just sort of you know using um your abilities and also your equipment to make a difference i know we were recently at um a surprise event for ben um and i just if you could potentially touch on you know what that was like and how your you know employment with can you has allowed you to sort of make a difference through your skills even though you know during covid you people thought it was going to die down. <laughs> I think it's just like, there's people still watching you mm-hmm. kind of like that. Like, I don't know, like people watching you in person, social media or just some way. Uh, I know it's like whenever I did a lot of like the experiences in session with Kanye, there's a lot of kids that are interested in this kind of stuff. And actually this year I got to talk more specifically with the participants and a lot of them want to replace me, which is, which I love to see actually. Um, but like, it's great to see that I'm influencing people, but like so some some people are like they want to talk to someone that's in that field. So that I think that's super important that uh, the participants and the kids get connected with people that are they're out of their interests and stuff. Um, I think I think it's super important to have like a role model or like someone that's like a mentor guiding them through it because they obviously need like a push yeah. and like someone with them because they they don't want to be alone and stuff. So yeah. that's something that I learned. Well, it kind of reminds me of when you said that your brother was like, hey, you should do this. You should try this. You know, you only need one person to kind of give you that push and let you know that, hey, this could be something that I could pursue. So now you are in that position for for a lot of these youth. Uh, How does that feel when kids are are coming to you and seeing, oh, I could maybe do this for a living and I can actually, you know, advance my skills in this arena? Like, how do you feel when you you are now the one that's encouraging yeah. others? What, what does that feel like? I definitely feel great. Um, just seeing, the, I guess, the impact that people have. And as me, like, I needed someone that say, said yes to me. And obviously, I want to say I want to influence other people because whatever opportunity I got, I want to give it to others. So, Pay it forward. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. And you don't often hear, like, you know, videography, leadership, and mentorship all kind of going together. But you know, we've come to a unique circumstance like we often do with the Winifred Foundation, can you? Um, so I was just wondering if you could touch on the importance of leadership and mentorship as a videographer and what that can mean for, you know, students and young kids around you and even, you know, older um, people who you might have influenced. 
I think like documenting your life is something that a lot of people want to have, mm. right? Like obviously, like well, let's say you have a like a newborn baby. There's videographers right there. Right. You want to capture the memory. I, I guess that's the main thing people want to do is like capture people's memories and because for a lifetime, right? And videographer, photographer, help does that. Yeah, although maybe not with your phone and stuff with an actual camera, but I think the quality is there for them. Um, Phones are getting better though now. Like my the camera that, that, that I have, true. you know, it's almost getting as good as some of the high end cameras, which is crazy to think. Because even ten years ago, we had to carry like thirty pound cameras on our right. shoulder to get an <laughs> HD shot. Now it's just you know in your pocket at all times. So you know, what's it like being able to be a one man shoot edit? You know, all the things that used to take like five or six people, now you can do it all at once. And, and what's that like being the one-man show kind of in some cases with the Sea Bears or wherever you're working, but also collaborating with others too? One thing I like to do, like let's say I do graphic design, editing, videographer, photographer, and all that kind of stuff. Now let's say if the client wants that stuff, they don't have to keep looking around everywhere. Mm. One-stop shop. I'm the, I'm the one guy. So something like that, like as much skills as you can do, learn even if it's just a little bit like obviously i'm not the best at graphic design but i could do some of the basic stuff mm -hmm. but it, it gets it work done yeah um something like that is it are you wanting to go uh so you can kind of do two things you can be a generalist and do a little bit of everything or you can be really really good at one thing are you is there one thing above all others that you really enjoy doing that you kind of consider that's your expertise i i my expertise is with the videography and yeah. stuff because I can capture the good moments and stuff. Like I can capture, like I can sort of, I can feel the environment and stuff. So I know when there's like a certain like gesture happening or like, like emotions happening, and I could capture that. That's pretty much why I, I did the behind the scenes with Seabers, because I could capture all the behind the scenes and like the emotions off the court, and that that is my little niche and like topic going forward. So if you notice, all my content is pretty much just like people laughing mm. joking around and it's not like like strictly like game highlight or right. anything like that it's yeah. all about just the off the core and off professional content you talked earlier a little bit about like you don't want to get too invested because you might fail but i want to dive into failure as not necessarily a bad thing because you're learning something so what what's a time in your life or your your your, your young career where there was a failure, but you learned something from it. Is there anything that pops into mind of, of a failure that was actually ended up being a good thing because you learned from it? Oh, God. <laughs> there's, there's quite a few. Well, there you go. Yeah. I think it, it was when I was younger with the YouTube stuff. Um, eventually, so I had a music channel pretty much. I was promoting music with lyrics and stuff. And the thing is, like, after a few years, uh, YouTube came with the copyright guideline. Like, they became more stricter. And something with that is, like, now... I, my channel got demonetized and I wasn't making any money off of that and like I was probably losing hundreds and thousands of dollars per month just because it that. wasn't demonetized right and I'm like okay well should I be doing this or no and I was like okay whatever we'll just keep doing this and eventually like a few months later like we went from like 10,000 to 100,000 subscribers and I'm like okay well this is definitely impacting others because the comments and stuff. Right. Like I, I definitely talked about this story for the stories gala, like a like more in depth of pretty much what happened. Um, and what I say is like, obviously money shouldn't be the first thing you should look at. You should do it because you love it. Um, and just worry about the money later on because <laughs> if you do it for the money, 
then like well you what if you don't like the job what if it becomes right. let's say let's say if you're doing something that you don't like doing and it becomes your job now you're doing something that you don't like doing right so that's how i think of it is yeah absolutely i think too um when you are doing something that you're passionate about it kind of uh it, it, it can get a little bit marred by money. You know, like I, we were talking yeah. before we started recording and like I used to play music too. And once money starts getting into the mix, it kind of changes the creative uh, output a little bit for some, I don't right. know what it is exactly, but did you find that when, when you started to get hired for things and, and actually doing videography as a profession rather than just a hobby, did it change your creative output at all? Did it change like your desire at all? How did, how did it affect when, once money got involved, how did it affect the create the creative process? I think uh, there's no going back pretty much. Cause now you, you just have to keep going forward. Cause first of all, a lot, a lot of my stuff is out in social media and in public. Mm -hmm. Now my followers are all following my page because of the content I'm posting. Now if I switch my content, now they may not like want to watch it because mm. they were there initially for whatever content I posted before. So I think it's like you can't really go back once you start it. Like once the money comes in, that's kind of like when you're official. And then obviously it might change your perspective because you want to do everything for money. But then what I think is like some some things that you can do for free and stuff. Because it can open other doors, right? Yeah. So, as a leader, as a young leader, what what would you say some advice to, or what do you tell youth that come to you and want to be videographers or want to be photographers? What's what's a couple of good pieces of advice that you would give them if they're just starting off? Obviously, I, I took this, sort of told this in the beginning, like don't spend too much money on it. <laughs> right. For a start, small, because obviously, like you're probably gonna spend like. Five to ten thousand dollars. It can be a very deep pit, yes. uh, you know, like the technology trying to keep up every year. So yeah, that's good advice. As but you what were saying, phones. Right. Yeah. Start off with your phone. See how it is first. Um, do free events because you want to get that that social social proof or portfolio, mm. right? So do things for free because well, at the end of the day, when a client wants to search up your name and they see like you have no work, then they're gonna be like, okay, you might be a scammer or something like that. Right. Um, and if you have like some proof and stuff that you who you work with, then they're like, okay, yeah, you're a real deal. And then yeah. And practice makes perfect, right? Like exactly. do, I, I've been saying this for a couple of years now, but everyone sucks at everything at first. Yeah, yeah, you know, always. like everyone, nobody's good at anything at first. I hear people say like, oh, he's such a natural whatever. It's like no, they practiced to get to that point. Right. You know, like there are some people who take things up a little bit quicker but uh -huh. i feel like practice makes perfect and the more you do something the better you're going to get at it and that's just a guaranteed uh, a, a guaranteed line whereas you know if you're if you just try to do something and you're not practiced at it it's not gonna usually yeah go too well. oh, that's true so what's next what's next for you what, what are you looking forward to or is is sort of content creator i know that has kind of a negative connotation sometimes but is that something you want to do? Is that something you're going to be? Are you going to continue to work with the Sea Bears? Is that wh where where do you see yourself in the next uh, five years? Yeah, so I recently just got hired by the University of Manitoba for the nice. Bison team. So I pretty much my main role is a camera broadcaster, um, but in a, on side I can do like sidelines and stuff. So uh, that's major thing that I'm going through. Obviously, Sea Bear stuff will continue on. Um, there is a couple goals with Blue Bombers and Winnipeg Jets. So hopefully I can get into that, but it might be a little tough to get into those things. But that's the thing. That's what I'm saying. Like you can't get into these big stuff just with small things. Right right? Hop, you have yeah. to like build up your profile, portfolio. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I, I, I guess uh, my next goal is obviously continue doing this stuff because um, this could become my full time. You never know, right? Right now, I'm taking it as a hobby because I want to focus on university and stuff because, first of all, it's already paid for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I obviously want to go to university and stuff and do this on the side because uh, if I want a couple extra dollars, I can quickly go film something. Um, and then if, if it becomes my full time, then it becomes my full time. You know, things can happen in life, and you just gotta continue on, and just l- let your journey like unfold. So, Divya, any final parting questions for Taryn here before we let him go? Yeah, if there's one thing Kanye's taught me, it's saying yes to things. So, yes, I have a pretty big question for you, Taryn. Uh, my question for you is, uh, you know, can you? I was a part of can you when I was in grade five. That's typically when students join can you. So what was your journey like and how are you the person um, you are today with videography, with Can You and all the life experiences you've gathered? So just coming back to that origin story, taking us back even further uh, before high school. Yeah, before high school, I, I had this mind where I want to do something in life, but I don't have to wait till I'm like an adult or older. And I don't know what I saw. I know I definitely like, came across some sort of video or some person that came to me told me that you don't have to do anything you don't have to wait till you're older you can do it at a young age which makes sense because there's so many opportunities that you have um, and like there's less commitments that you have to do when you're younger obviously while I was in high school I wasn't even in high school yet so homework and all that was less load and like you don't have to worry about taxes and all that kind of <laughs> stuff so uh, I, I knew like I had to take advantage of that. So that's why I usually took like as many opportunities as I can. Um, and Kanye definitely came by. I'm like, okay, this is what I want to do. And learning from the stories and stuff that you can go to like universities and stuff at a young age. And I'm like, go to university at a young age. Hopefully there's no homeworks and stuff. But yeah, and then I, took, I took that opportunity right away. And it, it was great to see like the, my school saw the vision in me. Mm and like selected me because if they didn't then I wouldn't have been in Canyon in the first place um so yeah basically when I said yes like it was like I didn't regret that um it, it was definitely a great experience and stuff because there's so many doors open up and then after a few years and stuff when I was in high school I got hired as a videographer and photographer right and just just that imagine other things that would be opened up saying yes exactly what you said like I, I i cannot reiterate that enough is that if you say yes to things you will have more doors open up and it'll, it'll just exponentially grow the more people you know the more people that get to know you and the more that you say yes to opportunities uh the better life's gonna be and it sounds like you're on the right path and you're you're doing the right things any, any last words for you for our listeners uh there's a quote that stands by me from my brother that anything can change your life as long as you put in the time and effort and some of that and yeah that, that's what i always think of bravo thank you taryn for your time and for being on the show today appreciate it thank you real life stories with real life leaders is recorded live in cjnu studios in downtown winnipeg Produced in partnership with the Winnipeg Foundation and Can You Canada, Real Life Stories with Real Life Leaders is hosted by Nolan Bicknell and Divya Sharma, with production help from Daniel Reimer. If you'd like to hear more about Can You Canada and the work they do in Winnipeg, please visit canucanada.org. And if you'd like to hear more stories from emerging leaders in our city at the Can You Stories Gala, visit canucanada.org slash stories gala.
Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.